0: One moment and deeply pensive at another and it was all well she could be like that but this was different this was altogether different I could tell that she both wanted to tell me something in very very important and yet she seemed reluctant almost fearful to do so Hmm. I'd soon find out that she wanted to tell me something that she knew she couldn't tell her parents at least not yet And she felt certain that I would not believe it. It was important that someone believed her. This is what she said. You see, it's complicated. I began to brace myself to try to respond to whatever it was she was going to say. It was was very important to me that I responded in a good way. Because I had the sense that my reaction would make a great deal of difference to her. She took her time, in a way, getting everything ready and in order. I think she wanted to make certain that she'd remembered everything. And she started by saying that she'd been visited by an angel. Well, I later learned that it was not just any angel. (laughs) Listen to me. You'd think that angelic visits were a weekly event, but that's not my point. It wasn't just any angel. It was the angel Gabriel. You know, Gabriel, the one That visited the prophet Daniel. You know, Gabriel, the one that would eventually have, we'd hear, had visited my distant relative cousin Zechariah and had, had said to Zechariah, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of the living God and I'm here to give you good news. That Gabriel came to visit our Mary. Call me crazy. I just sensed that Mary's life, my life, the life of the whole family was going to change. And sure enough, this is what Mary told me that Gabriel first said to her. Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. I have to tell you, English does not do justice to what was being said. It was more like this. Grace be with you, O graced one. Yahweh is with you. Well, what kind of greeting is that? And it turns out that's what Mary was thinking. She was greatly troubled when she heard this greeting because she knew that she had affection for God, but she knew that there was nothing in her life that was worthy to have God come and have this proclaimed over her. It was remarkable, but frightening. Magnificent, but terrifying. Wonderful, but deeply perplexing. What did it mean? Hmm. Time must have just stood still because, while she was still pondering this, Gabriel went on to say, "Do not be afraid, Mary. Gabriel knew Mary's name, for you have found favor with God." Uh, let me just interject quickly here, and reminding you that finding favor with God has very little to do with the person upon whom the favor is bestowed, and everything to do with God. I know the Scriptures. Believe me, when this phrase had been used in the past, it was about people who were anything but put together. They were really messed up, sinful people. And it was God who bestowed favor upon them and upon our Mary. It was pure grace. And then some big news landed. Gabriel said, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus. Jesus. Now, Jesus in Hebrew is the name Joshua, which means Yahweh saves. And every other kid in the village was called Joshua. But the Joshua that we were remembering was the Joshua that took our people long ago into the promised land, the land of Canaan. It was a highly significant name. Yahweh saves Joshua, Jesus Well, then Gabriel said several things about this Jesus, this son to be born. And I checked with Mary several times to make certain because it was quite a long list. Gabriel said that the son that she would bear would be great and be called the son of the most high. We're talking about the son of Yahweh, the Lord The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the most high. And just a flick of an idea crossed my mind. It could not even come across my lips. But would it be possible, could it be possible, that this son just might be equal with God himself? Then Gabriel went on to say, And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. David. David, now we Jews, we knew all about David. Suddenly, all kinds of thoughts cascaded through my head. Would this son truly be from the line of David, about whom it was promised, one that would come in the future and would reign forever? And no sooner had that thought come to me than I heard the voice of Mary break through, and of his kingdom there will be no end. It was only beginning to sink in. My mind was going in a thousand directions. Mary seemed to have taken it all on board. She seemed happy about everything that was going on, but she raised only one question that I as a man hadn't thought of yet. She asked the angel the obvious question. The obvious question, especially if you were already believing it, she asked, how will this be since I am a virgin? No kidding, I said out loud. (laughs) Mary was ahead of me. I wasn't sure I liked that, but she was right on. She was barely 13 and just betrothed to be married to Joseph. Was he going to somehow be involved? He was of the line of David. But how would this come about? When would this come about? And the angel anticipated the question and answered immediately. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Now, wait a minute. I had heard of the Holy Spirit coming down at various times upon certain people in the Scriptures. But this was a wholly different kind of visitation. The power of the Most High would overshadow Mary. What a loaded word. Overshadowed. It reminded me of the times when the presence of the Lord came down like a cloud upon the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle and later in the temple. And I just began to wonder, could it be, might it be possible that somehow Mary's womb would become the dwelling place of the living God? Again, Mary's voice cut through, citing the angel's words. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Holy. Holy. Holy, the Son of God. Mary gave me a minute. I could, I could barely take it in. My first instincts were to believe, actually. But then I began to doubt. And then I looked at Mary and I became convinced again. And then I began to doubt. If only there could be some kind of sign given so that we both might know that this was not just some crazy dream. And almost to cue, Mary told me that the angel had one more thing to say. He said, behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren for nothing will be impossible with God. There it was. The possibility to test the statements. I mean, to affirm the validity of what the angel Gabriel had said. Elizabeth, I knew Elizabeth not well. I knew she was much, much older than me. And she lived a long way away in the other side of, of, of Judea. I've lost my place. Okay, sorry about that. Her husband was a priest, quite high up in the clergy, I might add. He'd done well. But we never got to see Elizabeth. I had heard that she and Zeke had been unable to have kids, and a great shame it was. I mean by that, it was shameful, shameful for them. There had been some rumors floating about that in her old age, Elizabeth had become pregnant. But believe me, she was far too old to have a baby. I began to scheme about how Mary and I could go to see Elizabeth with, without having to reveal the reason for our going to my brother and sister-in-law. Or well, that nice young man, Moses. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. If we told them, nobody would believe it. No way. If this were true, he would, uh, he would divorce her. Mary's reputation, our reputation, would be ruined. My future, Mary's future, the family's future, not in Nazareth. We could not live in Nazareth, nowhere. In fact, by religious law, Mary could be put to death for sexual immorality. And as these thoughts rushed in, I began to defend Mary. I wasn't sure I really wanted this to be true. It wasn't right. How could anyone agree to be the person who had to endure this shaming, this nightmare, Possibly even death threats. No one would believe her. I couldn't stand it anymore. I thought to myself, I'm her uncle. And I am definitely not okay with this. Let someone else do this. Not our beautiful, innocent Mary. And then with a pure voice, my thoughts were interrupted. As I heard Mary say, behold... I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. We had to go to Elizabeth. We configured a plan that the family and Joseph would find agreeable. would go to be with Elizabeth for the last three months of her pregnancy, assuming the rumor was True. And Mary couldn't travel alone. She was too young for that. And it was a great distance. And I was obviously trustworthy enough to accompany her. So we set off as soon as plans could be made. And about a week later, we arrived in the hill country of Judah. And we made final preparations for our, our arrival. Now, since Gabriel had said that Elizabeth was supposedly six months pregnant, we would soon be able to fact check what Gabriel had said. Hmm. We took a deep breath and we entered the house. And we were shown into a reception room, much larger than any room in our house. Zeke was obviously doing well in the priesthood. And we were offered some refreshments. Now, Zechariah was not around for some reason, but Elizabeth eventually did come in and she greeted us and she was a sight to behold. I mean, I hadn't seen her for years, but she was really old. She had white hair. And yet she was clearly pregnant. It was the most incongruous sight I had ever seen. But immediately what welled up and rushed within me was an overwhelming sense of joy. And I think the same thing happened for Mary because Mary greeted her back. And apparently upon Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's baby had leapt for joy in the womb. Now Elizabeth's baby was of course John the Baptist. Hopefully you've heard about him. And by God's powerful hand, firstly, the baby leapt in her womb, and then the Holy Spirit came upon Elizabeth, and I'll never forget what she said. She said, addressing Mary, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Wow, what a greeting. Now, I know that there are some followers of Jesus who've taken this to mean more than what was meant. She was blessed among all women. She was not blessed above all women. But for those of you who know that already, I want you to remember that this is the greeting that was given to Mary, the mother of Jesus. Now, evidently, Elizabeth seemed to understand by the Holy Spirit that Mary was not only pregnant. I mean, there was nothing to show for her. If she was pregnant, it was but for a week. But pregnant she was with someone very special, even the Son of God. Because the next thing that Elizabeth said was this. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Elizabeth had her own miracle baby, about whom incredible things had been prophesied. We heard all about it later that day. But she was not confused. Under the power of the Holy Spirit, she knew that this baby was greater, far greater than her baby. The baby was indeed the Lord himself, her Lord. And then she returned to praising Mary for believing the words of the angel. She said this, blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. You see, Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah, had failed to believe the promise of John's birth that had had been given to him by an angel. And he was paying a serious price for for not believing. Zeke had been struck dumb. He had not spoken. What happened next made my heart sing to this day. Mary, our 13-year-old Mary, started to speak. She was, I believe, filled with the Holy Spirit. It just came rolling off of her, th- uh, her tongue. The first half was praise, pure, unadulterated praise. God had done amazing things for her. But isn't it true that God has done amazing things for all of us, just pure praise? And the second half had a prophetic tone to it, the notion that the mighty would fall. The powerful would be made low. The rich would be sent away empty. And the gospel message would be true that God himself would lift up the lowly of heart, the humble, and extend mercy to them. This is what she said. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant... He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. Well, we stayed. We stayed with them for three months until baby John was born. That's a whole other story. It's actually pretty wild Zeke getting his voice back and then being filled with the Holy Spirit and proclaiming the good news of salvation but by this time Mary was three months pregnant and we had seen God's hand but we knew we needed to go back and to tell the story to my brother and his wife and of course to Joseph if they would listen to us well it turns out that news like Mary's traveled faster than we did all the way back to Galilee we were worried about how Joseph would take it we felt sure that as a righteous young man, he would have no choice but to file for divorce. And what happened after that was not worth contemplating. But we, we went in the sense that if God could come to Mary and tell Mary of the news and then place a little embryo in Mary's womb, which was now evident for all to see, then surely that same God could stand by us with whatever it is that we would go through. <laughs> we shouldn't have worried little did we know that this same God had gone before us you see Joseph was indeed a righteous man he would do the only thing he could do to divorce her but he would do it without publicly shaming her he would do it quietly good for him good for him I knew I got something right about him but then another spectacular miracle happened it was The season for angelic visitations, it would seem, because sure enough, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Whether Gabriel or not, we don't know, but the angel told him this. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. You see, God had thought of everything. And while the next six months were very difficult for all of us, because we continue to live in Nazareth, God was with us. Those were the days of Mary's pregnancy. Now you must come back next week to learn about the incredible events surrounding the birth of Jesus perhaps that's someone else's story to tell but I wonder would it be okay if I offered just a few thoughts, two or three thoughts I was thinking about you all here in 2018 and wondering how this story might perhaps have meaning in your lives in this day well the first thing I would say is this, Mary really did conceive by the Holy Spirit she was a virgin I know that to be true everybody in the family knew that to be true most of all Mary knew that to be true after all she declared to the angel Gabriel that she was a virgin he was one who stood in the presence of the living God and would know the difference between right and wrong and he didn't argue with her and yet so many people today do not believe it Why is it so difficult to believe this? If God created everything, starting with Adam and Eve in the beginning, why is it so difficult to believe that he could use a virgin to incubate and give birth to his son Jesus? You see, without the truth that Mary's son was conceived by the Holy Spirit, Jesus is just a man born of a sinful father, born of a sinful mother. That inception of that tiny embryo in Mary's womb was brought about by the power of the Holy Spirit. It is simply vital that you understand that Jesus, while born of woman, was the Son of God. I saw him growing up. He was, he was, he was perfect. You need to believe me. He was truly, as the angel had said, holy, without sin, set apart with a singular purpose in his life. I saw him grow up, become a man, die, and rise again from the dead. I saw him in a foreshadowing of his glory. But one day, every single one of us and every person who's ever lived at any time will see him in all of his awesome and outstanding glory. I'm getting carried away. The second thought I had was that God's grace is his alone to give. God's grace is his alone to give. Mary was not perfect. Some people, even religious leaders, apparently have delivered themselves to the view that Mary was somehow sinless. I don't know why God chose Mary, but this I can tell you, it was not based upon her being sinful sinless. She had a wonderful disposition. She was prone to obedience and a deep interest in the things of God, but perfect she was not. And even she knew that herself, because in her response she cried out to Jesus, her savior. Why would she have needed a savior if she was sinless before God? Because the scriptures were clear that there is only one thing that separates us from God, and that is sin. And if she was sinless, then she would not need a savior. The best person in this room is not good enough for God to care about apart from his nature, which is love, and that love is bestowed upon us by grace. And there's not a single person in this room who's so wicked in what they have done that God cannot reach down and bestow grace upon them. The third thing I would have you sit with is this, that God's promises are certain. God gave his people promises throughout the scriptures. And each and every one of them he fulfilled, albeit in his timing, with perfect detail. And God gave Mary a promise a promise that she would bear a son, and ordained that a normal gestation period of nine months would be required for her, and in fact, for Elizabeth's pregnancy too, nine months of waiting. At the very beginning, there were no signs that this had happened. Mary believed instantly, however, but then she was given a sign that enabled her to experientially believe it, because she saw the response in Elizabeth, and she saw the response of of the baby in Elizabeth's womb and she knew for certain that it was true but she had to wait she had to wait for the fulfillment of those promises for that period of 6 months i can tell you that no one in nazareth believed her story or if uh, it were even was even told about the story and if they believed anything they believed that the baby that she had conceived was out of sexual immorality with Joseph or worse still with someone else. And even later in Jesus's life, the Pharisees would mock Jesus as having been born of sexual immorality. It was hard for Mary and for Joseph, for all of us truly, to stand in the peaceful God assurance that this was all from God. But they did so. There is someone here today who needs to remember that God gives us promises through his word that are 100% reliable. Someone here needs to start with the basics that God loves you with an everlasting, unconditional, unfailing love. Someone else might need to lay hold of other promises of his grace, his mercy. The fact that he's your provider, your comforter, your healer, your counselor, your everlasting father your peace. Take a look at Mary's life again in those days of pregnancy. She believed. She honestly believed. She stood on the promises of God. She did not understand everything, but she understood enough. She understood what God had revealed to her. And she trusted in obedience. And that obedience was outstandingly rewarded. Can you not with God's help, lay hold of those same things for whatever you're going through today. And finally, my personal favorite, praise of God is the perfect response to God. I want to point out to you that Mary, first of all, contemplated all that had been revealed to her. She observed what God was doing in those months, especially during the time that I just went into detail on. She did not miss God in her life. And then her response was one of praise. She would say all the time, oh, magnify the Lord with me, uncle. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And she recalled every single word of her so-called song. In fact, she said it to music. And she would sing it. And it's come down through the ages, I'm sure even to you to this day. You know, there's not a single person in this room that should not take up praise as a response of God's goodness, God's love, God's favor, God's promises, God's presence. And there's not a single person who should not take up praise as a weapon against discouragement or doubt or hopelessness or enemy attack. I'm going to ask those wonderful musicians just to come up right now because I have just a couple of more things to say. And then I want to invite us to do some praising. This I want to say. Most of you in this room have some experience of some gestation period before the arrival of some newborn. Most of you do. Some days of pregnancy. But there was none in the history of mankind that was like Mary's days of pregnancy with Jesus, the Son of God. Now, he came to fulfill the prophecy first declared by Isaiah. Therefore, the Lord himself... Will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The light of the world has come into our darkness and he has become our salvation. How blessed we were in those nine months of pregnancy, all those years back. How blessed we are today. And I find myself joining Mary in shouting out for all to hear. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Thank you for listening. Amen.